Good morning, everybody. Happy Thursday. Welcome into 104.3 The Fans Coffee Break. We've got DMAC. We've got Rachel V. Hill, myself here. And it's National Coffee Day, although I am drinking oh. a chai tea. So it's better than juice, DMAC. So cheers to you. Cheers to you. Happy Coffee Day. That's awesome. National cool. Coffee Day. I still need to get you to try a uh, chai tea because I think you would like it. Of course I would. I'm not picky about anything. Uh, I'll like anything. It doesn't matter. It's just whatever's easiest. Chai yeah, tea, we, uh, chai we actually tea. learned that yesterday, that you really do kind of like anything. Because if you watched the show yesterday, we talked about Russell Wilson's sandwich at Subway, the Danger Witch. And so we tried it yesterday on the drive. So let's go ahead and play right. this up. Brownie, salami, black forest ham, provolone cheese, bacon on Italian herbs and cheese, which is the best bread at Subway, just saying. Yeah. Uh, lettuce, green peppers, tomatoes, banana peppers, yellow mustard, and mayo. Mm. All right. It's a lot of pork. Let's see it, D-Mac. Yeah, there we go. I'm a little nervous. I don't even like mustard, so I'm, I'm like, oh, boy. Ready to be nervous is dangerous. <laughs> I mean, should I have protective goggles on or something? It's a should I? spicy. Remember, you only one. Okay. There we go. Okay. That's a big bite. Oh. Mm. oh. <clears throat> it's a sandwich. I don't know what to do. I mean, you know. Is it good at least? That's, it's all right. <laughs> I can see why it's not in the vault anymore. <laughs> well, like, if it's not great, it's not going to be in the vault. I mean, don't right? get me wrong. I'm going to eat the rest of it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So that's the most important part. You're still going to finish that thing. Our... And you guys are splitting it, too. Okay, are banana peppers supposed to be spicy? No. Like, so then what spicy. makes it spicy? Uh, I have no idea. It just uh, tastes like a real sandwich. <laughs> right, let me take one more bite. Maybe I'll get to the really dangerous part here in a second. Mm. Mm. Maybe the green no green mm. peppers are not spicy either. I don't think there's mm. anything spicy in here at all. Mm -mm. What, the that <laughs> well, what are you talking about? Here? Okay, so uh, that's pretty funny. There was nothing spicy. I would give it like a four out of ten. It is no longer in the vault, so you can no longer like have it uh, pre-selected for you. Uh, but yeah, DMAC, I wasn't a huge a huge fan of it. It was kind of just the. It was all right. it was fine. It was just the sandwich. I love that. So so here's the big revelation: uh, a Subway sandwich is it just tastes like a sandwich. That's uh, uh that that's what we learned there. I mean, it was all right. It had a bunch of meat and had some mustard on it. There's know. nothing spicy about it, though. L literally no, nothing. No, no, I don't. You know, I don't know. I don't. I, who knows with Russell Wilson? I mean, I don't know. Who knows? That's a great thing, uh, especially too, because he had his press conference yesterday, where after you know before practice, he gets up on the podium and talks to the media and everything, and he talked about. The State of the Union, which is something that they do every Tuesday. So let's go ahead and take a listen. Have all the guys come in. You know, it's voluntary, obviously, but every guy comes in. Um, they do a great job. I mean, everybody's so wired in, so focused. A lot of guys have watched the film already. They're prepared. I, I always call it, you know, it's, it's kind of a review session rather than, a, than a just, a, you know, a dissertation or whatever. They, I want to I know from those guys. You, some of you guys have played these guys. Some of you guys may not have. Here's this. What do you see on film? It's a great communication. The players do a great job of it, and um, so much, uh, so much knowledge in, in the room with those guys. Player led. Have you been doing that for years? Yeah, I've been doing it uh, since my rookie year. Um, 
you know, and everything else. But it's been it's been great. You know, I think it's something I I, I wanted to make sure I, I did every Tuesday, just to spend spend time with guys and make sure we go over the film, make sure we go over the the personnel, making sure that we know the fronts, make sure we know what the, what the pressure looks are, who the pressure guys are, all those all that information, uh, who the head coach is, where does he come from, what's what's his discipleship, where's the defensive coordinator from, all, all that information is really important. Is there actually a hard copy that you supplied? Uh, that may be confidential information. <laughs> Do Russell Wilson's teammates hate him because he's the guy that's like, you need to come in on a Tuesday on your off day? It's a great question, Rachel. It's an awesome question because – if you're a fan, and I heard Mike and Mark talk about it this morning. We talked about it yesterday on the drive. If you're a fan, you, I'd be like, that's awesome. That's great. That's what I want to hear. I, I want to know that these guys take this thing seriously. Even on a day they don't have to be there, they're putting in some extra work. You know, rah, rah, rah. That's awesome. Um, and I think that that's cool. And I, I get it. And I understand. And I, I heard Mike and Mark asking about, well, like, if you were told you have to come in for this extra meeting when you don't have to, would you in your professional life? And for me, the answer is absolutely positively yes. Mm -hmm. No doubt about it. I've been doing so for 30 plus years because I think you have to go above and beyond if you really want to succeed and do something special. That being said, what what's right for me or right for Russell Wilson or right for other people isn't necessarily right for everybody. And what I've mm -hmm. learned too in a work environment is that, you can have all the rah-rah moments that you want, but if you're not in rhythm with just everybody else, it doesn't matter. You're, you're rowing your own boat. Um, when I was in Colorado Springs, you know, I wanted to take a certain work ethic, you know, and I'm not saying I was better than anybody, but I wanted to do certain things. And I was in a smaller place, a smaller market, smaller radio station where the culture was just different, Rachel. And it's not that I was wrong, but I so misread everything else so things that i had been doing for a long time or i thought were the right thing to do i didn't take the time to properly communicate with the other people that i was shoving my ideas onto and i got a lot of backlash because of it and it's not that i was doing anything wrong but i just didn't read the room the right way and i look back on that i'm like okay all right i get it i'd handle that differently and i have handled things differently like that in my own professional life because things that are okay for me aren't necessarily okay for everybody else. But the end goal is to all get to the finish line together. So sometimes, Rachel, it's a balancing act. So while on the surface you say, that's awesome, the real determinant if that's awesome is how everybody gels together to go in a common direction. And you know what? I just don't know the answer to that. Likely I would think with the Broncos, who have been so bad for the past six years and have lacked that kind of leadership, I would think they would embrace it. But I think a veteran team, like I, I've covered the Buffalo Bills when they were going to Super Bowls, Rachel, and losing Super Bowls, but they were an unbelievable team. I mean, I just don't think that would wash with that kind of veteran group. They had their own process. But I think it's it's it depends. But the fact that Russell's just been doing it since his rookie year, and I'll take him at his word, I guess, um, to me says that he just plows through this thing no matter what. And mm -hmm. perhaps it does tick off people or upset people after a while. That being said, Rachel, he went to the playoffs as quarterback of the Seahawks eight out of ten years, Rachel. He went to the Super Bowl twice. Yep. Uh, he's got he's got a you know two hundred and something million dollar contract. I would follow his lead. If Russell Wilson was my quarterback and he was having these State of the Union things on Tuesday, I would go. What I find interesting, Rachel, I'm curious what your opinion is. What do the coaches uh, think about it that also have to 
draw up a game plan, present it to the players. When when the leader of your team is doing that, and by rule, by the by the CBA, Rachel, the coaches aren't allowed to be in contact with those players about those things. So you'd be breaking some serious rules if you were to do it, and they just can't do it. Mm-hmm. So I do wonder how the coaches feel. I think the coaches appreciate it. They still can have their ideas, and I feel like it's a collaborative effort to an extent where the coach is obviously overruling things, but I think that there's a lot of collaboration that we've seen between what Russell Wilson wants, what the coaching staff thinks is right, and we kind of see a mixture of that. So I think that they personally probably appreciate it. I mean, who? what boss doesn't love when your team comes in or your staff comes in and works a few extra hours? They all love it. So I can't imagine that Nathaniel Hackett in this entire organization isn't like, oh, yeah, I don't want you guys to do this. So I think that they love it, too. I would be interested to see in the comments, if your boss told you that you had to come in for a meeting that was um, voluntary, would you come in for it? Um, I'd be interested to see what people say. Because I would probably, I'm probably with you, DMAC. I would come in. I may not be thrilled about it if it's on my off day, but I'm most likely going to come in for it. Well, I mean, is it your off day or is it not your off day? Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, all right, let me take the other side of the coin. The players are required to be there six out of seven days already. Okay, they are. And Mondays are kind of, uh, sometimes they do get off Monday. Sometimes it's such and go. It sort of depends. One of the great lines in an NFL locker room throughout the years, Rachel, is the coach after a glorious win will look around at the team and he'll go, I'll see you on Wednesday, which means you get two days off, not just one day off. But you at least get one day off, and that's the only day you get off. So you're asking guys to be somewhere seven days a week. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, man. Um, I understand. I didn't get to this level, the National Football League, Rachel, the highest level of my profession by being a slacker. Obviously, I'm pretty good to get there in the first place. I don't need you to teach me how to be a pro. I've done it. So, hey, uh, goody two-shoes over there. I'm good. I got my own rhythm of how I do things. And guess what, Rachel? In all honesty, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, that really is enough time for me to prepare to play the next day. (laughs) So I can see the other side of it, too. We talked to Brock Heward, and he kind of, you know, blanched at it, as did Mark Schlereth, who said he simply wouldn't go to something like that. And I don't know how other players feel. Um, You know, we'll ask people as, as we go throughout the course of the week. But I can see where this is annoying but I can also see where it's highly productive and a very good thing. Yeah. Wow. I'm surprised Mark said that he wouldn't go. I kind of agree with you, though, DMAC, that if this team had been good the past couple of years, I think a lot of these players would be like, oh, nope, like we're fine. But because they've been so bad and so irrelevant for a few years, I feel like they're just trying to grasp onto anything that will bring them greatness. So it's interesting. But Corliss Waitman won the AFC um, Special Teams Player of the Week this past week with his uh, multiple uh, punts. I think he ended up the game with 10 of them against the 10? Okay, 10. 10 of them against the 49ers, and he got the game ball, and here's what we did with it. Take a look. Uh, it's awesome. I mean, it's my first real deal award, so definitely surreal. I mean, my teammates helped me, of course, Boone and uh, Isan keeping those balls uh, outside the end zone, so it feels good. What did you do with the game ball? Slept with it. No, I'm that serious. Slept with it. it was still surreal. It's like, it's crazy. He slept with it, DMAC. He I'm slept sit- with the game ball. I love it. By the way, I'm standing way too close to the microphone for the muggles. That's that's what I learned on that, too. Um, I laughed because I it's funny. 
and it's it's awesome. And that is the first time I've even heard Corliss Waitman speak. Yep. I mean, I, I mean, maybe I should have made more of an effort. He beat out Sam Martin. He's the starting punter. We're just getting to know this guy, and he had a heck of a day. And these are NFL stories, Rachel, that I absolutely love. Yeah. Uh, journeyman sort of guy, young young journeyman guy, but he's not a rookie. He's been around for a little bit, and he, he wins a punting battle over a, a seasoned vet, which is amazing, and then he has one hell of a day. Um, I actually asked him, is this the most times you've ever punted in a game? And he goes, well, maybe back to high school. And I said, well, oh, so your high school offense was terrible? And he goes, oh, no, they were good. Like, he caught himself a little bit, like, wait a second. You're only going to punt if your offense stinks. Yeah. Um, and let's face it, the offense – Stank, uh, but they got it done. They they eventually got it done. But Rachel, let's just for context, the Broncos hunted, yep. meaning there's no points. Yep. Ten times. Yep. And one, like, uh, huh? it's not a good thing for your offense when your punter is getting special teams player of the week by <laughs> any means. Uh, it's 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 right. not a good thing for the Broncos right. offense. Right. The great right. thing for him, I'm happy for him. He's getting some playing time. He's obviously getting awards, <laughs> uh, but he's super grateful about this too. So he actually answered, um, you know, how he kind of grew up. So take a listen. What do you think of Chad Powers advocating for a big contract for you? Man, I'm glad. I'm I'm grateful right now. I mean, I'm from Milton, Florida, so I didn't make that much money when I was growing up. So I'm very grateful for whatever I get. Would you have thought in June? Say it again. Sorry. I mean, it's still surreal. I, you know, I walk into the stadium every day. I'm like, this can't be my life. <laughs> like, seriously, it's, I can't be my life. So I'm very grateful for it. So yeah, it's surreal to me every single day. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna back off that microphone. Of course, uh, that, you're in every single one. We've got one more video, and you're in it too. <laughs> Dude, I am getting away from wherever that microphone is. That's, uh, that's embarrassing for me. But he obviously did not understand who Chad Powers was. No. And the reason the reason I asked that question was because Russell Wilson had a uh, – well, there you go. That's uh, Eli Manning. Oh, we've got the clip, D-Mac. Don't you fret. We've got the clip uh, from Russell Wilson. They should have paid that punter $235 million instead of Russell. <laughs> <laughs> Pay that man his money. Don't worry. We've got that. We've also got Russell Wilson responding to Chad Powers, which we'll get here in just a quick second. But – I think with his answers, he was the best press conference of the day, in my personal opinion, yesterday, because he was just so happy and honest. And this next one is actually my favorite because he got asked if his leg was sore, and I think his response is priceless. Take a listen. How was your leg on, on Monday waking up after 10 months? <laughs> how was my leg? Yeah, how, how was it feeling? It felt good, you know. The, you know the, the guys that are running and blocking all day, I, I think they are sore. You know, I'm not sore. I can't complain. <laughs> You know, <laughs> swing my leg a couple of times, so yeah. Is that the most you've ever punted in a game? Uh, I think in and high school I punted a little more in high school, but... Not yeah. much of an offense in high school? We had a good offense. It's just a whole lot of punting as well, so... <laughs> the eye roll at the end was he was like, oh, wait a second, what did I just say? Well, I mean, either, either you got a good offense and you don't punt, or you have a lousy offense and you do punt. I'm... Yeah, I don't want to correct a player in the National Football League, so we'll just leave it alone. But, uh, you know, you're right. Whenever you win, your punter wins uh, special teams player of the week, that's a probably a bad game, you know. Uh, so, hey, man, whatever. They won the game. I, I, he didn't know who Chad Powers was. He didn't, he didn't understand the joke. I mean, 
But we were getting a laugh because of Russell Wilson, Chad Powers, Eli Manning, that whole thing. Yeah, and let's hear what Russell Wilson had to say about playing Chad Powers. Take a look. Chad Powers? Um, yeah, you know, Chad Powers, you know. Um, I'm 3-0 and against Chad Powers, you know. Um, he had right. to have that one saved. He had to. That's that's funny. Um, and I'm glad that Russell had a good sense of humor about it. That was an awesome comeback. And that's, you know, that's the right attitude. Now, was he thrilled that there's a deeper sort of – there's a reason why Eli's was a funny joke. And basically it was because the Broncos offense was terrible and Russell Wilson got a big deal and you know, you shouldn't pay your high price quarterback. You should pay your punter. The reason why that's funny obviously is because, you know, um, it's not working out so far, so far, Rachel. Mm -hmm. And so listen, if I'm Russell, I'm glad he had a sense of humor and he had a great sense of humor about it. It was a terrific comeback joke, but there's a darker side to it meaning it just hasn't clicked yet for yeah. whatever reason. I mean, they're two and one, and hey, man, the fact that the offense hasn't clicked, they really haven't played all that well, they're two and one, and, and really they should be three and oh. I think that's all a very good sign, and it does indicate, Rachel, your defense is extraordinary, mm-hmm. and that's the truth. And that night, I'm telling you, that Niners team is a good team, Rachel. They are a good team. That is a high-quality win, and I'm, I'm expecting – um. A great game against the Raiders. And we, Rachel, do you believe it will click in? Do you believe that we will get an offense that will put up 30 points in game? Yes. I've said this all along. There's just been tiny, tiny things that haven't been going right for the Denver Broncos with the drop balls. And again, a drop ball is not a super tiny thing, but in the grand scheme of an entire game, one drop ball is a tiny thing. Um, There have been just so many things that have just not gone right for the Denver Broncos that I think eventually it will. They're going to get rolling, and I think we're going to have a really fun offense to watch here in Denver. So I I keep telling people, be patient when all my friends are like, oh, the Broncos, they're looking really great. And I'm like, be patient. Mm -hmm. It's coming. I I firmly believe that. What about you? I do, too. I really do. I, I think they have been this far away on so many occasions. And we heard that again from Russell Wilson. So I, I think it's coming. I think it will happen. And, you know, I got to just, – just to keep it real, the Broncos were two and three with Peyton Manning to begin. Two and three, okay, mm-hmm. in their first five games. And then they won, like, everything until, sadly, they lost to the Ravens in the playoffs. But um, – so it took some time. It did. It took time with Peyton Manning. Now, uh, Peyton Manning was coming off a, a horrific set of injuries – and hadn't played the whole year. Russell came off a very minor injury. So I would expect it to click a little quicker. No mm-hmm. preseason action, but now you have three full games. Yep. Good environment to play in on the road because it is not an intimidating place to play in Vegas. It's a cool pregame, and it feels like it would be intimidating. It does mm-hmm. because the sound and the lights and the blah, 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 it's, it's incredible. But, Rachel, then the game starts at Allegiant, and – you realize, oh, wow, there's a ton of Broncos fans here, and it's not that intimidating. The conditions are great, and it should work out terrific because the Raiders, in my opinion, just aren't much of a team. They've got some good pieces, but as a team, they fall woefully short. So if it's going to click in, this would seem like a logical game for it to click in. But I also don't trust this offense enough yet to say that this is an easy win for the Broncos. So we got to talk about though our King Supers pick them because we have our winner from this week, which is our very own 
Matt Smith. And Matt, I'm so jealous. I've been saying this every week when we have somebody in. I can't believe you guys are I'm so jealous of you winning. Congratulations. What are you going to buy at King Scoopers? What's like, what's the go-to thing to buy? Mm, the go-to thing to buy? I don't know. It depends upon what I'm feeling. Like when I get off of work, it'll just depend. Maybe maybe some deli meat, some sliced deli meat, some nice boar's head. You know, there's that's always a great option. You just can't go wrong. I haven't trailed this year in Pick'em. I look forward to being back on Coffee Break, celebrating many more wins throughout the year, Rachel. So, you know, I mean, look, I, I think I'm clear now by two points of the next closest person. So I, I'm not too worried about it. Okay, so maybe you can try and make the Danger Witch sandwich. Um, like, oh, I heard you guys had that yesterday. Was it delicious or what? Oh, it was so dangerous. How was it? You ever done anything dangerous? Oh, my gosh. it's it just, Yeah. You know, it's funny. It's funny. It's like uh, what would make a sandwich dangerous is like arsenic. Right. Um, right. You know, mm -hmm. that would make say, uh, you know, but no, no, it's dangerously good. Listen, listen, listen. You put a lot of meat together. Uh, you throw some mustard on there and some bread. You know, it's going to be all right. It's a, it's a sandwich. Surprise. It's a sandwich. Yeah. It's yeah. a four out of ten sandwich. It was not spicy at all, even though he's like, oh. Be careful, though. It's spicy. Yeah, not <laughs> really. background doing such it, a good job. Is that the dangerous element to it? Is that it's supposed to be spicy? Is that the whole thing? I guess. But it's not spicy. You tell me. You guys ate it. it it's not spicy at all. There was no spice to it. Mm. So, mm. Every, yeah. Look, I think eating at Subway in general is pretty dangerous. Wow. So maybe that's what he was going for. Wow. <laughs> Where's your go-to sandwich place, though? My go-to sandwich place? Yeah. Uh, Salvaggio's in Boulder. Ah, Salvaggio. Yeah, exactly. Salvaggio. Nice little Italian deli. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, right, yes, Matt, sir. Well, I'm challenging you to make the Danger Witch sandwich from King Supers and let us know. You got it. Better than um, Russell Wilson's at Subway. Well, but what are the ingredients? What's the meat? What am I looking for here? You all need meat. pepperoni, salami. Just all meat. Just meat. every meat in the case. Give me okay. one of everything. Quarter pound of it all. Yep. Just, just put meat in Pretty much just, just layer it on. Just okay. layer it on. Uh, just so much meat be until it becomes dangerous. I see what you're saying. Oh, there you go. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Thursday yeah, night, though. Like, hey, this sandwich is dangerous. In fact, it's going to be incredibly bad for your cholesterol. Exactly. Right. Right. <laughs> so dangerous. Oh, uh, let's go to Thursday night, though, because obviously you're doing well in Pick'em. So who should people pick for tonight's game? Oh, I can't divulge that information, Rachel. Shame on you. The picks aren't locked in yet. We got we got Bengals and Dolphins. We got a Dolphins team who's trying to figure out if their quarterback can go tonight. They got the receiver and a corner talking crap back and forth to each other. You know, obviously Miami went up there early to try and get away from Hurricane Ian and all that stuff. So we'll see. I'll tell you what, the Sharps are all over the Bengals tonight, which I think is really interesting because, you know, I, I would like to go with Miami. I think Miami's a better football team than Cincinnati this year. But somebody must know something I don't, Rachel. So whenever that happens, my antennas are usually up. So I keep an eye on the Bengals tonight. But I, I, I can't tell you if I'm going to pick them. Okay, fair enough. I am fully in on this Dolphins team. I'm fully in on them. Um, I will be interesting to see because, yeah, they haven't announced if Tua will start tonight, correct? 
Yeah, I, I haven't heard whether or not. I mean, back injury, ankle injury, and then whatever. I mean, apparently he doesn't have a concussion, which is which is the great news. After stumbling off the field last week, apparently he doesn't have a concussion. So, okay, okay. Dmac, who are you taking tonight? It's all about Tua, so I I, I will wait and see if Tua goes. I'll you don't believe in Teddy Bridgewater, Dmac? What is wrong with you? I um, have that problem. By the way, you know what I love though. <laughs> Mike McDaniel, and as I look out my window, I am literally looking at Smoky Hill High School, where Mike McDaniel went to high school, and his reaction was so funny, because most coaches in a locker room are all like, ah, yeah, and he was like, I, I don't have any words, I, I can't believe we won, <laughs> like he's, he's being honest, and there's something so genuine about Mike McDaniel, there really yeah. is, and um, quirky, different. Just like Nathaniel Hackett is quirky and different. But in all honesty, and I don't think um, Hackett is not genuine. I think he is who he is. But I think there's an earnestness and an intelligence to McDaniel that is really top shelf. So I, I'm so thrilled for his success down there. He's a local guy. And, man, it's so fun to watch. So right on, Mike McDaniel. Go Buffs, Smoky Hill. Go Dolphins. But without Tua, yes, I, I know, Teddy. Uh, I, I, cause I think, I think, I think the Bengals are a good team and they've just been struggling. So I think they'll bounce back too at some point. Tua is expected to play tonight. So does that change you your go. pick at all? Anybody? I'll, I'll go. Ah! 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 <laughs> what is that? That's my best dolphin I've got. I don't have anything better than that. You know, here's, here's my question for Matt. Yeah. What's your, what's your fixing today, Matt? What are you fixing today? What am I fixing today? <laughs> what's the you're fixing today? Uh, today it is some exterior work. I'm building some forms for concrete today. So it's exciting stuff. It's exciting stuff. Yeah, but like Matt is like, Rachel, Matt's like a, like a man's man. Like a man's man. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I got a yeah. truck and I got work stuff <laughs> in a box with tools and I'm, you know, <laughs> yeah. my hands dirty. Matt's like, I just look at Matt and I'm just like, just bow down to the yeah. manliness of, of Matt Smith. Yeah, Schlereth, Schlereth has the man 101, but I need man 201. I mean, it's like a, it's the graduate level. It's the advanced class. He won't invite me on man 101. I think he's intimidated, quite frankly. So, you know, I understand it. Oh, you know, Mark. Uh, Matt, you also have fantastic lighting, so I have to give you a huge shout-out there because it looks beautiful wherever you are. But, again, congratulations. We're really happy for you on Wayne King Supers. I'm still extremely jealous. And we'll be looking forward to seeing what your pick is later tonight between the Bengals and the Dolphins. DMAC? Any any concerns that Georgie gave up six goals last night in Vegas? Mm, yeah, he's got a 774 save percentage so far through the preseason. But it's a preseason. I mean, he's playing in front of nobodies who are any, not even going to sniff the Eagles. Oh, no, no concerns? None? Sorry, it's only preseason. It's only preseason, yeah. The Avs gave up, like, what, 11 goals in two games in back-to-back nights? Yeah, and I mean, if you remember last year, we were all freaking out about Darcy Kemper to start the year. So I'm hope it feels more like hockey season now that we can all worry about a goaltender again, a different one for the Avs. So, yeah, no, just a just a. Okay, last one for me, Matt. Uh, Are you picking the Avs to repeat as Stanley Cup champions? Yeah, until someone comes and takes it from them, that is the most talented roster in the NHL. And I think they'll make some additions at the trade deadline this year to bolster what they may have lost from the offseason. And we'll see. There's a lot of young guys who are going to have to step up, Rachel. 
I'm looking forward to it. I can't believe the season. I, we're, it's what, the 29th? We're almost to October, which means that it'll officially start. So lots to look forward to. DenverFan.com. We keep you updated on everything. Matt, as always, you will do wonderful work. Um, go have fun working with concrete. I'm sure that's a blast. And then mm. congratulations on winning our King Supers pick for week number three. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Sounds good. We'll see you later, Matt. All right, T, you got to love Matt Smith. Um, but also, a little cocky, D-Mac. I'm quite jealous, again, that he won this gift card from King Supers because I would love a gift card from King Supers. Um, but I love also the fire, like, fireness, fieriness that he has of being like, all right, I'm going to see you guys in a couple weeks. I'm going to tell you this. I'm never going to win this thing. I mean, we have, like, 50 people playing, like, on the staff, and I'm just – I'm hopeless. I, I have no shot, zero. So good for his cockiness. He's got the uh, skins on the wall. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know how anybody wins this thing. Seriously, we have 115 people playing. With 300 people playing on the staff, I don't know how you can be the top guy out of 562. I'm only, like, four teams behind, I think. And really? I still don't think I can ever catch up. So it's definitely really hard. Um, again, congrats to Matt. But it's time to go behind enemy lines. DMAC, are you ready? Let's go. Let's do it. As we welcome in a name actually very familiar to Colorado, which is Mike Pritchard. Mike, how are you? I'm great. I don't know if I'm behind enemy lines with this hat on, though. No, we're not, but you know what? We love it. We're going to talk a little about about the buffs, too, because obviously it's a bit of a struggle fest. But let's talk talk about this Las Vegas Raiders team, because I don't think it's a for-sure win for the Broncos as they head into Vegas. How are you feeling about the game? Well, um, it's interesting, uh, Rachel and D-Mac. Great to be with you, by the way. Um, you know, the Raiders, the season has not gone according to plan. 0-3, nobody anticipated that happening or being the case right now. Uh, but that's the state of affairs. You know, I think they didn't address a lot uh, in preseason. Uh, when you have a new coach, a new GM, a new uh, system and everything. I mean, you got to iron out those wrinkles during preseason. But they elected to not do that. Uh, at the same time, projecting to everybody out there that they're ready for the playoffs. And obviously they're not, right? Uh, and then you have the Broncos, which at a 2-1-1 record, you can argue they could be 3-0, and but they just haven't looked great either. Mm-hmm. So I think it's indicative of the fact that we're at the beginning of the season and you have two teams that just didn't do enough during the preseason to start the right way or, or certainly to live up to expectations earlier on. I got a question for Mike. Um, you got the ball. They got the ball to Devonta Adams a ton against the Chargers in, in week one. Not so mm-hmm. much in the past couple of weeks. What's going on there? I don't know. Uh, it's a great question, D-Mac, because they have so many playmakers. And I, I don't think there, there's a selfish issue. I mean, Devonta Adams, he's the best receiver in the National Football League. And if, if you're Darren Waller, why are you worried about it? Like, everybody got their money. Right. Mm-hmm. Darren Waller got a new contract right before the season started. Hunter Renfro got a new contract in offseason. D-, D. Carr, the quarterback, got an extension. Like, I don't know why there would be uh, any jealousy uh, for the fact that Devontae Adams is featured that way. If anything, you would want a featured receiver to kind of take attention off of you. Uh, but there's been plenty of opportunities for people to make plays out there. They just haven't been making them. I, I said it on Raider Nation Radio. I was a guest on their show. Uh, and, and I said that big money players are not making big money plays right now. Uh, and that's what's hurting the Raiders. And, and they got to step up. Who do you anticipate to have a big game this weekend? I think um, 
Devontae Adams, to be honest right. with you, right? Because I don't know if Patrick Sertan's going to shadow him. Like, mm. if if he does, I mean, get your popcorn ready, right? I mean, I, I, I want to see that matchup. I, and I kind of hope it happens. I, but I don't know if that's the scheme uh, on the side of the Broncos defense, you know, whether or not he's going to shadow Devontae Adams because the Raiders will move him uh, around a lot. Uh, Darren Waller. He needs to step up big time, too. I mean, this is a guy who creates a mismatch out there, uh, a ton of speed, a ton of size, but he's got bad habits right now. He's reaching up with one hand to catch the rock all the time, and uh, that's, again, he didn't have training camp, right? So uh, they're going through those growing pains for this year, this season so far. But, no, I think uh, I think Adams is your featured guy, and I, I think the Raiders are going to have to throw it. You're running a football against Broncos right now uh, could be difficult, especially – uh, the way that the offensive line is situated here for the Raiders as well. Well, I, I love that matchup because we hear so much about how great Patrick Sertan is to the degree that right. people are avoiding them. And if they do match him up, and I don't think it'll be full time, but I do think it'll be like 65, 70% of the time, quite, quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And this man, I love it because if Patrick Sertan is really this good, right? I mean, right. this results in turnovers uh, that would be great for the Broncos. And the, the the bigger problem, perhaps, is the uncertainty on the offensive line because you're mixing and matching guys all over the place. That's not solidified. And the offensive line isn't all that good right now. And the Broncos have been playing really well with Randy Gregory and Bradley Chubb. And, um, and even Josie Jewell had a, a great game rushing the passer because they're blitzing more, Mike, than they have been with the Fangio defense. But what exactly yeah. are the Raiders doing on the offensive line? Well, they're they're shuffling guys around, you, you know, and, and that's I, I think why we we sense and we had the feeling that the Raiders had in, internal friction uh, because they had a team meeting, right? And, and the Raiders, man, they they have a bunkered mentality. Boy, you cannot get access to anything they want. Um, but you know, the thing about their offensive line is Josh McDaniels has come in. He cut Alex Leatherwood, who was a, a first round draft choice a couple years ago. Uh, and they're shuffling guys in and out of the lineup, and, and there's no set unit. Uh, and again, the expectations, I believe, going into the year was to go to the playoffs or, or to build or continue uh, what they built last year going to the playoffs. But when you guys got guys in and out of the lineup, uh, that's hard. There's no consistency there, right there, and there's no trust either, I don't believe, I, you know, when you look at the offensive line and, and what's going on offensively. But – uh, it's a professional football. You got to get it done. Um, I, I think Josh McDaniels has the mindset that he wants to play the best guys, but they got to prove it. They got to show that consistency. So um, I, I think from an offensive standpoint, the Raiders are not comfortable. I, I can mm. sum it up that way. And and it's an opportunity, you know, for the Broncos coming here to Las Vegas. But uh, it, it's one of those situations where the talent uh, on the side of the Raiders, uh, looks like uh, they can get the job done, but you just got to get together, though. You're telling me Josh McDaniels is cutting a big name or suspending a big name or sitting a big name? Uh, we obviously saw that here in Denver when he was here, but have you noticed any differences from what we saw here in Denver with Josh McDaniels to what he's doing now? Has he matured under Bill Belichick again? Like, are, are Should Denver Bronco fans still have a dislike towards Josh McDaniels, or has it seemed to have quote-unquote, grown up over his um, few years since he's been here? Well, first of all, Rachel, I think Denver Broncos fans will always have a disdain for any Raiders coach, (laughs) right? I mean, uh, even more so for Josh McDaniels. But I think think he's he tried too hard or he's trying too hard 
to let people forget the past or help people forget the past, if you will, uh, with the Broncos. Like the stories I heard, obviously, I mean, the guy is, wasn't the nicest person in the world or treated people, um, uh, you know, certainly in a disrespectful way, uh, clean it up that way. But here he's trying to overstate, oh, I love the people in the building. Oh, you know, the most important part about being a coach right now here in Las Vegas is relationships that I'm building right here uh, with the Raiders organization. So it's like he's trying to say to people publicly that I've learned from that mistake uh, years ago in Denver. So uh, I, I don't know if there's credibility behind it or not, uh, because it's 0-3. Uh, the team is just not consistent right now. Uh, but he has a pedigree uh, from coming from New England that that I think a lot of people are trying to believe in out here in Las Vegas. Only six teams evade the playoffs, Mike, after starting 0-4, six ever. So yeah. this is it, man. I mean, you know, it's a it's a virtual playoff game in September or October, whenever it is, for for the Raiders. I don't know, man. I, it's it's a big game. It's it's um, and then you have to deal with things in in Raiderland with just visitors coming in, and it's a beautiful facility. Right. No joke. Mm -hmm. But it's also the most desirable road trip for for everybody. So, <laughs> right. Right. Oh, right. and and it's the easiest for Broncos fans, clearly. And it's not the day after Christmas this year. So mm -hmm. I I think it's going to be an interesting atmosphere for sure. We know that there's tons of Broncos fans headed there. I love this game for the Broncos. Absolutely love it. Where 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 are you leaning? Well, I so I'm working for a betting network too, right? So, <laughs> I mean, I've teased the Broncos up to like eight and a half. Like, I, I don't think the Raiders, even if they did win the game, I don't think they could win it by more than a possession. Uh, so, from a betting standpoint, I think the Broncos. I, I like the Broncos in that situation. Um, it's a field gold game, though, D-Mac, mm -hmm. and McManus, for whatever reason, I don't know what's in his head, man, but, um, you know, we're, we're elevated out here in Vegas. I don't know if people know that. We're about 2,500 to 3,000. And so Carlson, the kicker for Las Vegas, he can nail them for beyond 55. And uh, I, I've seen some shootouts in Allegiant Stadium, in particular last year against the Chargers in the division. Uh, if we get into that situation, like I said, I, I think the Raiders have a lot of firepower. If it's if it's a grinded out game, I, I give the Broncos a chance to win it, uh, perhaps by a field goal. But depending on McManus, right? Uh, I just don't. I haven't seen the Broncos making a ton of big plays offensively. Uh, it seems like their identity wants to be running the football, but they're not sticking with it, uh, or they're not sticking with the right person to run the football. I think Williams uh, is incredible. He should be out there at least 70% of the time in the backfield for the Broncos. But uh, I, I don't know if they're going to iron that out in, within a week. Uh, I know from last week and watching them at home, the home field uh, advantage was in their favor because I, I think this hustle plays and what we saw with that last drive uh, to get the victory over the 49ers played out that way. Now you got to take some dysfunction on the road, if you will, for Denver. So um, I, I don't know what the atmosphere is going to be like. I, I know the Raiders don't enjoy a great home field advantage like out there in Denver. Uh, but Raider Nation does show up, uh, and they're loud uh, on game day. Has Raider Nation really grown since the move from Oakland, or did it actually hurt them? Because I've, I've kind of heard mixed reviews on this, that people are starting yeah. to really buy in in Vegas, and others are saying, nope, it's still a majority of people from Oakland. 
Well, it's the majority of people from California. I mean, LA and Oakland, um, from around the world, really. Uh, I was my eyes were open about how big this fan base is or how large this fan base is, Rachel. But uh, no, the community of Las Vegas has not embraced the Raiders yet. Uh, I think it's going to take maybe a decade for kids to kind of grow up as Raider fans, uh, and an opportunity for visitors like DMAC was talking about because. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of enterprising people that bought season tickets for the Raiders at Allegiant Stadium and they're selling them uh, and they're getting a lot of money for the visiting teams to come into town. So uh, if, if the Broncos, are, you know, Broncos country is going to descend on Las Vegas, they're going to find a way to get a ticket. I know that. So uh, DMAC made a great point. I mean, it could be 50-50 uh, in Allegiant Stadium come Sunday. It is an interesting thing there because I think a lot of people from Oakland and California that would just go to see the Raiders in Oakland, California, they're just going to Vegas because it's actually relatively easy to get there too for them. The Golden Knights are a different story. That is a Las Vegas team. I mean, that is, for whatever reason, that is just unbelievably clicked in with people from Las Vegas. So maybe it's because, you know, the Knights are their team, right? They, they came right. from the desert. And, you know, <laughs> Raiders came from Oakland, Los Angeles, Oakland, you know, wherever. But, you know, hey, man, it's styrofoam and face paint. It's really not that scary. Maybe it is when you're in Oakland. I don't know. But, like, it's not that intimidating there. It's awesome. Do not get me wrong. It is awesome. I freaking love it. It's yeah. just not, it's just, I don't know, man. It's just not like that. It's, it's, well, it's yeah. Not, it's hard to be intimidating when you have a nightclub in the end zone. Yeah, I mean, not, I, I, I love her, but I'm not intimidated by Dion Warwick singing ballads, you know, at halftime. It's, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's cool, but, yeah. uh, you know, it's like, honey, do we go to Absinthe outside of Caesars or do we go to the NFL football game? You know, yeah. I don't know. Those aren't the most passionate people in the world. Those are just people that have $300 to spend on some entertainment. I mean, that's, that's what that is. Right, right. And, and a lot of that's carrying over into the stadium. You're right. You're 100 percent, thousand percent right on that, D-Mac, to be honest with you. I mean, uh, Allegiant Stadium, it is an attraction. It, it, I mean, we, we're going to have the Pro Bowl skills challenge here. I think that's going to be uh, an annual thing to have that out here in Las Vegas. We're in the rotation of the Super Bowl uh, coming up in 2024. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Vegas has always been a destination, destination city for events. And, 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 and Allegiant uh, is awesome. It right. is where right. it is, the right. stadium. I mean, uh, I heard SoFi is better, and I I haven't been to SoFi. I don't know how it could be better. I mean, it's the best football stadium I've ever been at in my life. Yeah. It was absolutely yeah. amazing. So, but, yeah. but, but, you will always, the Raiders will always have this same problem because it's so attracting, attractive to go. That's why the Packers, who wants to go to Green Bay? Who wants right. to go to Buffalo? Who seriously right. wants to go to Kansas City? I mean, really, seriously. So they will inherently always have those advantages. Yeah, I mean, it, in the National Football League, DMAC is, is rare to find a true home field advantage. You mentioned a couple of them, Buffalo and Kansas City, maybe Seattle, right, yeah. from a home field advantage standpoint. Uh, I don't know if the Raiders have ever established that here in Vegas, but I do know, like everywhere, like you start to win, all of a sudden you're going to yeah. grow the fan base. You're level, right. right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right about that. Uh, starting 0 3 is not the way to do it. Though. No, it's not. <laughs> They're going to go to the nightclub. Uh, we'll by see. The way, your hat, your hat, Pritch, your Buffaloes. Yes. Oh. We have to talk about this because yes, what changes need to be made up in Boulder? Because, wow, I mean, I'm a CSU alum, 
So we got the two worst college football teams in America wow. here in Colorado. Uh, so what needs to change in Boulder? Embarrassing, embarrassing. Um, I'm wearing this hat to put this kind of energy out into the universe anyway, <laughs> right? If I can't, I mean, that's, that's all I can do right now. That's all I can do. Um, what needs to happen? Uh, certainly an attitude shift. Like, if you think about the landscape of college football, it is it is an arms race, right? I mean, we saw it with facilities and um, and and you know uh, recruiting, um, how teams are spending money. Now you got these media rights and and all these uh, different ways of trying to make money. Uh, partnerships. It's it's an arms race. There's an arms race going on in college football, and I think Colorado CU needs to decide if they want to participate or not. Mm. Right. And, and I think that attitude needs to shift uh, because if we want to participate, we're going to have to step up our game big time. I think Rick George is going to have to do a better job. Uh, we cannot be complacent. We cannot live off the past. Uh, we cannot uh, keep doing the things that have us in this situation in the first place. Uh, we got to get out in front of it. Um, and that starts with uh, the mindset, like I mentioned, from the president to the chancellor, to the athletic director, to the coaching. Like if we fire a coach, that's really not going to make a difference, right? Uh, it has to start at the top. Uh, and, and so uh, hopefully the mindset will de develop that way. Um, but if it doesn't, we're, we're going to be lost in the dust. I mean, we're, we're going to be left behind big time because college football is, is going like this. I mean, they are ascending big time. And uh, I, I think in a few years, they could give the NFL a run for the money in terms of the product uh, that they're putting out there on the weekends. So would you would you keep Carl Durrell? Right now, um, yeah, I would. I would. Because like I said, D-Mac, they, they have to restructure everything. Okay. And, and firing a coach right now is not going to make any difference at all. Uh, so if it restructures at the top, then I would look and really evaluate, okay, is this the right coach or not? So far, he hasn't proven to be the right coach. By the way, um, I would too. He gets eleven million out the door if they just let him go. I mean, right. you're, you're committed to Carl. Um, right. It's not worked out, but you know why throw money away? And and sure. I think you're right too. It's it's a bigger issue top to bottom. That being said, Mike, there's so many people that just see firing him as part of the solution. Um, no. I, but I think it's more complicated because you're not an NFL team. You don't have money just to burn left and right. Mm -hmm. And um, why put yourself in a, in a deeper hole? You might have to just suck it up for a little bit and hopefully it, it, it clicks in somehow. But it's, yeah, been, Rachel, bad. Yeah. it's been bad. It's been horrible. It's horrible. I mean, Rachel Demack, we have to compete off the field first. Uh, and, and I don't know if, if people understand that yet. Uh, you know, I, I think Rick George is starting to get it. But, you know, does, is it, are his hands tied? I mean, I, I, can't, I can't imagine his hands being tied. But I know... Uh, above him from a from a president and chancellor standpoint, you know, it's different. Like we, we have to have structure, cohesion. I mean, we, we have to have what we had when we won the championship and we could wear this hat. I mean, everybody uh, was eventually, eventually, everybody got on the same page from the top, right? All right are, you okay, are you okay with the student in the uh, chip mascot costume playing solitaire while the game's going on? Now, again... This is yeah. a student in a mascot costume mocking his own team at Folsom. You okay with that? I mean, I don't pay it any mind, to be honest with you. Like I said, that that to me, DMAC, is a distraction, right? I mean, 
the fact that that gets more play or more legs than anything else around the CU football program tells it, tells, it speaks volumes. Uh, it really does. The fact that that uh, could take over any or create any type of narrative. I mean, it's a mascot. It's a freaking mascot. Nobody knows who he is anyway, or she is. And so uh, why is that more important <laughs> than the structure of, well, a, of not, a football it's not, program? It's not more important. It's just equally humiliating. I mean, you can't right. – right, the guy in the Trojan costume for USC going to exactly. be doing uh, shuffleboard while the USC Trojans are playing? If they're getting as the Ute, whatever the Utes are. I mean, it's – I don't know what to say. I mean, maybe it's yeah. just an indication of how bad things are. But yeah. that would be yeah, – I know it's a smaller thing. But if I'm in charge, that's the last day that student is uh, in that costume. Let me tell you that. Well, that's a mindset thing too, right? Yeah, that's a mindset thing. But then also, you're also calling attention to it. Like, I mean, I get it. I get it. Nothing on the field. Things things aren't acceptable. Like from big things to small things are not acceptable. Right. The end. Right. And if we want to straighten out big things, maybe we have to straighten out the small things too. Well, to be honest with you, it, it doesn't just stop with the ridicule that way, though, because eventually people aren't going to go to the games. Like, there's not going to be any students there. There's not going to be any fan support there. And then, okay, that's embarrassing. I mean, think about the programs that can't even uh, fill a stadium halfway. Uh, and so we're on the verge of doing that. It's, it's We're fortunate as a program that a lot of people still believe in the Bucks that way. But I, I think that's waning. I mean, I think, I think Chip is the start of the ridicule, to be honest with you, D-Mac. And that's why we got to stop it. I think the mindset has to change from the very top. And if it can, uh, then we'll have a chance. I don't think Cam the Ram would do that. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> he might be asleep at a game up there at CSU anyway. <laughs> oh, fun. it's bad. It's a bad time to be a Colorado football fan uh, for the Buffs and for CSU. Uh, right. Mike, if you know Ben Wilson over at Vision, please tell him hello. Um, I worked I with him in my previous job. He's wonderful. But really appreciate yeah. you hopping on Behind Enemy Lines with us today. Thanks for having me. Y'all have a great day. Yeah, you too. All right. Mike Pritchard, again, a buff legend. It was so fun to talk to him about the Raiders. I do want to say we've got a little bit of breaking news here is that the Sunday night game will be played in Tampa. So despite Hurricane Ian, it looks like the storm has gone down to a tropical storm now and they're still planning to play Sunday night come Come some come Sunday night in Tampa. That's good. I'm, I'm glad to hear it. And I feel terrible for those folks down mm-hmm. there. So um, hopefully the, things can get repaired and up to speed the best as possible. So um, that's that's probably some uh, a small element of good news. Yep, absolutely. Again, sending our love and our prayers out to Florida and to anybody affected by Hurricane Ian. That's going to do it for Coffee Break today, though. Uh, tune in. DMAC and I are going to be on the drive from 2 to 3 p.m. today. So we're going to be continuing these conversations pretty much. So we'll see everybody then. And otherwise, we'll see you tomorrow morning, 10.30 a.m. Bye, everyone. Hmm. You ever done anything dangerous? <laughs>